Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Noise Podcast as part of the Noise Podcast Network and we have a very special return for you today. Myself and your host slash your boy Chris Pugh will be discussing the new Machine Head album. Check it out, enjoy. Please make sure to follow us on every available social media including Twitter at the Noise Podcast Network, at Noise UK, like or subscribe on Spotify and YouTube, all that good stuff. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 111 of the Noise Podcast, part of the Noise Podcast Network, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. I am your host, slash your boy, uh, Chris Pugh, and I am joined by my very good friend and Mr. Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis, back in the saddle. Sam, uh, how are we? Oh, I'm all the better for sitting on this side of the table, man. How are you? How are you? The listeners don't give uh, a fuck about me. I'm here all the time. How are you? I'm really good, mate. Uh, you know what? Let's just... Let's just do, uh, point out that elephant in the room uh, right away. Uh, it, depending on when you started listening to the Noise Podcast Network, uh, you might not know who I am, and uh, you might not care who I am because sometimes neither do I. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to make this quite <laughs> quick. I was going to make this quite quick. Uh, my name is Chris Pugh. I used to host uh, the Noise Podcasts uh, from about episode one to good lord, like ninety six or something like that. Uh, and then I took a bit of a break away uh, from hosting purely because of work reasons. Uh, things got a little bit insane for me for a while. Uh, I incredibly miss, I miss it to an incredible amount uh, and I have now got to a point where podcasting won't, as well as working, won't make me lose my hair before the age of 30 because it won't stress me out too much. I've got a bit more time on my hands. So I've decided to return. Uh, a, thank, thank, a massive thank you to Jack uh, Holloway. Massive thank you to Sam Will for those who have uh, kept the podcast going in my absence. Um, I That does not mean you won't see Jack or Will again. Uh, more so I am going to be selectively on episodes there'll be episodes that I choose I want to be a part of there'll be episodes that I can't quite make or I choose not to be a part of uh, so I won't be on every single episode but I will try to be on as many episodes as possible because I love this and I have missed this an incredible amount um, enough about me who cares about that as you can see from the title of this episode today me and Sam are going to be talking about the brand new record from Machine Head. Before we get into it, the best way to support the show is to like slash subscribe, depending on wherever you listen. We're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever you get your podcasts, me and Sam will be there. You can follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast Network or Noise UK as well for the general website Twitter handle. Uh, Sam, it's been a while since I hosted. Is there anything I've forgotten? I don't think there's anything I've forgotten. No, no, I think I think you did a superb job. Like riding a bike, mate. Just once, once the wheels start turning, we're all good. Doing well, doing wonderfully Bell, well. Bells and whistles, bells and whistles completed. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's start. With, let's start about this record, man. Oh my god, um, of Kingdom and Crown is the ninth record uh, from California metal giant Machine Head. It's the follow up to 2018's Catharsis, an album that me and Sam weren't uh, weren't massively popular on uh, oh. but then we saw them live and actually said it was that we were surprised actually uh that how the song sounded live uh sam as we get into the reviewing this there's a few things i feel like we have to kind of discuss before we start discussing the actual album and um, if we look at the lineup of machine head in 2022 of course rob flynn now we always get this name wrong uh so i'm pretty sure i'm going to pronounce it correctly but let's try it anyway uh waklov kieltka uh, from the guitarist from Decapitated, uh, Jared McEachin and Matt Alston. Uh, Phil Demmel, a lead guitarist from 2003-2018, of course, left after the 
catharsis run. Um, so we're getting into a point here, Sam, uh, where really it's evident that this is a brand new type of machine head, which is actually reflected in the records. I'm sure we're going to get into later. Um, as you were going into listening, any trepidation from you listening to a machine head uh, album that's basically an entirely new form of machine head? Or do we rightly or wrongly see machine head as Rob Flynn featuring musicians? Um, without sounding without sounding too cynical, machine head are taking on a Megadeth type scenario, whereas Dave Mustaine is there, it's Megadeth. And yeah. if Rob Flynn's in Machine Head, it's Machine Head, isn't it? And and that's the way that I feel going in. I love Phil Demel. I think he was a terrific guitarist, and I've loved lots was, of yeah. different members of, of, of Machine Head and thought that there's varying degrees of success they've had in that band. But as long as Rob Flynn's in there, it's his voice, 90% it's his riffs, you're gonna get the harmonics, you're gonna get the song structures. It's his band. So as long as he's there, the spirit of Machine Head will always kind of endure. And I don't think if you played this record necessarily, we'll get to that in the detail. If you played this record to a Machine Head fan, even I would be hard pressed to find. Maybe there's maybe there's some guys just on the Machine Head subreddit to be able to point out intricate details. But this has largely Machine Head tropes throughout and mm-hmm. that, that's what's represented through Ruth Flynn's songwriting style and things like that. This isn't largely different from any Machine Head record. Isn't largely different from Catharsis, lineup or otherwise. So in answer to your question, with no disrespect to any other member of the band, Rob Flynn is Machine Head. And if he's in it, then it is. But it is an interesting concept, isn't it? That uh, apart from Rob, the the oldest is serving member in the band is Jared McEachin, who joined in 2013. Waklov joined in 2019, as did Matt Alston as well. So it it, it is an it is an interesting concept that we we're getting this machine head lineup with really this brand new there's like it's like three new arms well at least two new arms of machine head uh, which which I I just thought was an interesting proposition going in um. And I, there's something else I wanted to get into actually before again we start discussing the record. Um, there's kind of a narrative around Machine Head that they, have, that they haven't been good for a while now. And um, I just want to get your stance on this off the top of your head, right? Mm. Can I ask you for a rating from A to F that you'd give Machine Head from 2010? From 2010. So from, from 2010 Ooh. to 2022. There we get uh, that. Voice. Is that is that under the locust head. onwards? Or is that Bloodstone and Diamond onwards? That's blood. That's to, uh, to the locust. locust Unto Locus is 2011, Bloodstone and Diamonds is 2014, Catharsis yeah. is 2018, and then you okay. had that kind of run of singles that they did. Yeah. Stop the Bleeding, Bulletproof, Do or Die, Circle the Drain. Well, I think Unto the Locus is a B-plus Machine Head record. Um, yeah. I think Bloodstone and Diamond was a C-plus. I think Catharsis was a D-plus, but had some singles that performed better than you expect live. And their live show, I, I think if you just do... I want to add a caveat that if you just do studio records, the grade would be lower. But if you if you combine studio output with the fact that they did a night with Machine Head tours and they really treat their fans well and they do two and a half hour shit, I think that adds to the Machine Head last decade um, feeling towards a vibe. And in that circumstance, I would say they've been a solid C grade since 2010. And I think Unto the Locust is a very good album. So like... That's actually something that I wanted to kind of pick apart um, because Machine Head uh, on social media, depending on where you look, they do seem to get a, a fair bit of a battery. Now, I'm not sure whether that's because Rob Flynn can be somewhat uh, divisive in in his takes on certain matters or in terms of um, the way he kind of uh, refers to 
certain elements of society. I, I remember at a certain point where Rob Flynn had made it clear he he was no longer going to allow reviewers uh, to come to the show. Uh, he only wanted like genuine fans to be there. I remember that uh, kind of rubbing a few people up the wrong way. I'm not sure if that's still the case, by the way. I just remember that being the case at one point. If he was, we're um, going to have trouble always... in September, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I also remember um, so the, the A Night With Machine Head thing uh, I remember again that rubbed some people some other people up the wrong way as well like in the sense of oh they could get a support band but instead they want to keep the entirety of the money to themselves obviously there's the, there's two sides for every coin isn't there From for A Night With Machine Head we I went think. and it was awesome it, it, uh, well I, I agree actually uh, with A Night With Machine Head we went it was great it was amazing two and a half hours of Machine Head it was it was amazing but I've, I've, obviously there is a, a, a uh, there is another side to every single coin and the other side to that coin of course is well now they're just keeping £35 each or however much it was to themselves when they could help an up-and-coming metal band. Do you know what I mean? So, so they, they do sit. They do seem to have gotten, a, a, you know, a, something of a bashing about the last decade performance. But Unto Locust is a great album. I really mm. love Bloodstone and Diamonds. Catharsis mm. is all right uh, with mm. some decent singles on. Um, the run of singles, Stop the Bleeding, Bulletproof, Do or Die, and Circle the Drain were all all right. Circle the Drain was actually, I actually quite like Circle the Drain. Um, so it, it puts in this kind of position where it's like Machine Head historically great adorned band but in terms of modern times what are we expecting here um and i think that when you also consider the fact that the the things that started happening to machine in 2018 i'm not sure whether you remember this sam was really weird because uh phil demel left in 2018 and then machine uh rob flint announced they were doing a farewell tour and then he was like oh no boy farewell tour i mean just farewell to this version of the band then they did the burn my eyes um, anniversary tour of which Chris Contos and Logan Ma- Maida mm. came back, but only to tour. They're not going to do any songs. <laughs> so we just get into this point. Where I was like, oh my god, this next Machine Head album is going to be a disaster. Like, th- there's been so much fluctuation in the band. But Sam, I'm, I'm just going to point this out. Uh, I can't believe this album is as great as it is, considering all the things that we've just said. The fact of uh, Machine Head, in terms of which narrative you want to look at. Uh, on in the great position in terms of uh, the kind of verbiage used around them on social media, in terms of the fluctuating band members, in terms of Phil Demo leaving. I can't believe this record is as great as it is, Sam. Uh, what are your thoughts, Immediate? I think this is a very, very good Machine Head album. I think this is the best case scenario for a new Machine Head album in 2022. You were just talking about, um, and I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to pa- run parallel to your thoughts necessarily because we'll just be repeating each other. I don't have one of those podcasts where everyone just pats each other on the back for 45 minutes. I don't want to be that. But um, if you think about Machine's first album was 1994, so their their peers, if we can call them peers, are like Corn, Pantera, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, just bands of that era. Yep. Um, Sepultura. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's just look back at that. Pantera, obviously, all gone. Um, bands like Corn are bordering on being a heritage act now. Um, most of these 90s bands are in the late stages of their career. I mean, Pearl Jam brought out a new record, but it's just to bring out a tour, really. Um, mm. we're not really talking about these kind of bands as where without sounding really disrespectful, you get to a point in the career where the new material doesn't matter because people are just people just that enamoured with your early material. 
that they want to hear 15 of the 18 songs from 20 years ago and the rest of it doesn't matter. Um, lots of legendary bands are like that. So actually to, to say that not only is this a good album, but it's also a good album that they should dip into live a lot and they should put four or five tracks of this on the rec- on the set list and they should be proud of this. This is also better than anything that probably their peers have been able to produce of the time over the last four or five years. This is better than the last Sepultura record, which obviously has no original members. But that's oh my God, yes. This is this is this is better. This is better than anything Corn have done. Checks notes ever, perhaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. cruel. But at least, at least for fifteen years, at least to the turn of the century, yeah. maybe. But anyway, so this is a really, really good Machine Head album. There are three or four great Machine Head songs on this, and I agree with you. Consider the lineup fluctuation. Consider all the all the the, the reputation of the band and everything that goes in. This should be considered quite an achievement. I really enjoyed this too. This is um this is as good as album as they've done since the start of 2010. This isn't as good as Unto the Locust, but it's the closest that they've got, in my view. Well, I think this is bookended by two all-time great machine head songs. Can we just talk yeah? Um mate, seeing Slaughter the seen... Martyr is a joke. How good that song is. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, it's um... hilarious. Um, Machine Head still able to write eleven minute masterpieces makes my heart so good. Yeah, mate. Um, honestly, Slaughter the Martyr. Oh, mate. Honestly, that song is absurd. I cannot believe how brilliant that song is. It's brilliant. It is utterly, utterly fantastic. Without a guitar solo, it's still ten and a half minutes. Um, it's just outrageous. <laughs> um, I th- we were getting to the point with Machine Head. I'm sure me and you had this conversation where you said it like I got like, really offended, but then like I thought about it, and I was like, fuck, he's got a point. Um, you were like, I remember you saying to me before, like, was the blackening a one-off for Machine Head? Because like if you look at their career, it's like amazing. And the rest of the albums yeah. are like all right with good spots. Birmingham's good because it's their debut, but the rest, you know, you can pick holes. Blackening's a fucking masterpiece, and the rest of it never comes anywhere near it. And I was like, no, but then yeah. I was like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Um, the, hearing that hearing a song like this makes me feel better about the idea that no, actually, they are Rob Flynn. He's is an incredibly gifted musician that's able to sort of write songs like this. I've got like a like I'm not gonna read them out, but there's like a page of notes I was able to put together for this song alone from from the opening with just that. How beautiful is this opening? This clean, unbelievable man. Seeing that clean guitar, harmonics, the different vocals coming in, just really cascading into into the rest of the song. The mosh call is sick. The riff yeah. that follows the mosh call is sick. The harmonics were coming back are fantastic. The chorus is great. It feels like farewell to arms, like that kind of slow build, massive sort of breakdown halfway through. This is a masterpiece, man. You're right. It is. It is a terrific, terrific song. And I didn't think um, this was still in the locker, so that that that's that's great to know. Well, but it's funny you should mention like what's in the locker because as as I opened up the promo, saw opening songs ten minutes long, I, I had to remind myself that I shouldn't expect clenching the fists of dissent, and that it would be unfair of me to do that. Uh, Fifteen mm. years after it after it Blackening came out, but mate, to be fair, I mean. Let's just make put you the difficult question. Would you take this out of a clench in the fist of descent? I think I would. I wouldn't. I, think I, I wouldn't. But, but it's eighty five percent of it. Um, you're forget you're forgetting how good clench the fist is descent from six and a half minutes in though with the dual guitar harmony that kicks. In it is amazing clenching the fists. Like, like, it is like, like 
yeah, I, I can't, I can't take anything over that just yet. It is great though. I would die on the hill of I think this will be, will, will be better live though. They're going to open with this when we see them in three weeks. I, I would bet a fair amount of money on. I'll be annoyed if they don't actually. Surely they will open with this. Yes. On a on a on a dark stage, uh, they're going to open with this, and then as the lead riff comes in, the lights are going to come on, and I'm going to be an excitable young man. Uh, when that happens, I, I think I think I think this will be better live than clenching. I've never seen them do clenching the fist, to be fair. Uh, but I, I think this will be better live than clenching the fist. I think it, it's made for a live stage. This is an arena with a dark, mm. with the, like pitchback lights. Oh, mate, come on! Honestly, this song is amazing. I, I honestly, um, we, we, the, the 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 first three minutes where it's constantly building, you can you you got you know what's coming. It's just a, it's a matter of when and not if. You know there's gonna be a pounding rhythm any second now. They make you wait and wait and wait. Um, it's everything you want from Machine Head of the song. It's complex mm-hmm. songwriting. It's harsh riffs. It's it's powerful choruses. It, absolutely astonishing song. This and I also really it's it's not necessarily uh, an amazing, incredible left hook trick, but I love how the second verse opens in the same fashion as the first. That was really cool, and I also thought it was really important to give Wacklov a, a big. A big moment, a big solo moment early on. It, it, you know, it's not necessarily going to cure, but it lessens any kind of uh, Phil Demel hangover, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I like, I, like, I just love the songwriting on it. The, 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 there's like a, there's like a circular element to the way that they wrote the song, which sort of comes back up, upon itself. The clean guitar is just gorgeous, um, yeah. and sort of slotting that in and out uh, among some of these more heavy, groovier riffs. It's, it is, he's just, he's just wonderful. Um, and you're right, it's important that this song came out the gate first because it's a really strong number and it, it does eliminate any lingering concerns over previous members' departures. And like I said, look, ad nauseum can go on this. It, re- it repeats the idea that really, from a songwriting guitarist standpoint, there have, there have been few better than Rob Flynn. And his vocals, again, I was um, pleasantly surprised by how good his clean vocals sounded at this late stage of his yeah. career. Um, he sounds melodious, like not in a forced way. And this works really, really well. And and usually usually guys don't last this sort of long with this kind of range. And it is, it is incredibly impressive. He appears to have got better at clean singing over the course of his career. Um, this is, um yeah, this is a terrific start. So one of the other th- interesting things that I think about this album is the idea of, I'd kind of, I love Machine Head. I, I really adore them. But I, I'd kind of started to tune out of them uh, in terms of like what they were, the, they're keeping up with and keeping up with doing because the, the singles they're releasing, like the, the, the uh, separate singles that like Stop the Bleeding, Bulletproof and stuff. I wasn't a massive fan on, so I stopped really paying attention. But as I check through today, Choke on the Ash of Your Hate, they released a single. Become the Firestorm, they released a single. My Hands Are Empty, they released a single. Unhallowed, they released a single. Rotten, they released a single. And Arrows in Words from the Sky, they released a single. Which basically means left, if you were, if I would have been if I'd have been paying attention, I'd have realised there was probably a really good machine <laughs> machine head album coming out any minute now. But I kind of stopped paying attention to them, which is obviously you know my own kind of discredit. Now, I've mentioned that, Sam, and again, the reason why I think it's interesting is because I think Unhallowed is probably my second favourite song on the album. Um, 
I really like Rotten. Uh, actually, no, um, Unhallowed is my third. Arousing Words from the Sky is my second. That song is ridiculous. Um, I, like I say, bookended by two amazing songs. If we talk about the rest, then uh, become the sorry, become the first song. What's the Um If we talk about uh, Kill Thy Enemies, No Gods, No Masters, uh, and Bloodshot, anything there that for anyone who has been really keeping up with Machine Head that you think is going to be particularly special for them to hear because they would have already have heard about 50, 60% of the album already. So out of those few, Kill Thy Enemies, uh, No Gods, No Masters, Bloodshot, anything there in particular you think there's worth, there's worth them still diving in for? I think there's, I think they're still worth diving in for because in the in the sense of the album, it, they, they all do really really fit together. But those do feel like the album tracks, and they they're deliberately not chosen for singles for a reason. I think no gods, no masters. Yeah, kill the enemies. Take like a slow, methodical. I mean, like kill the enemies. That sort of like hanging chord. It sounds kind of like like low key black metal when they're sort of leaving those kind of like chords hanging around as they're doing that. And that's interesting to hear. There's an extended solo section which I'm a big fan of. Uh, now, Gods Now Masters is a slow, methodical song with a group, but it just does feel like an album track, mainly because they repeat a trope. They repeat the sort of woe-woes in the chorus. And I think that feels yeah. too similar to a previous track where they do that earlier in the album. By that point, I'm like, all right, okay, you don't you, you don't get this off the shelf twice or three times for me. That's not something that works. Um, Bloodshot felt a little bit like Machine. They were doing like um an homage to sort of Judas Priest that feels like this like late 80s um like Judas Priest sort of range just obviously with um with just a much heavier groove sort of knocking in behind it which for classic ironic you should mention that because sorry um I did sorry to interrupt you just before you move on to a different song um I'd kind of mentioned here that I had a sense of the more things change era machine head from Bloodshot. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a fair cop as well. Um, so if you're a massive Machine fan, these are obviously worth dropping into, but... And, and I feel the same, Rotten, Rotten passed me by. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Rot, Rotten just felt like an album track, but the, they they know the best songs on here. Um, because yeah. Unhallowed is great. The riff in oh, Unhallowed is terrific. That riff. And also, uh, underrated trope where bands, metal bands borrow from pop bands. The main riff, the one in the, the first real figure, that main riff, that classic groove, that being used for the chorus is sick. You never get that. Usually the chorus is one thing and the main riff is something else and it fits from one to the other. Having the main riff as the chorus riff is like a Beatles trick where they used to open with the chorus and then come back to it. I really like that and I really like metal bands doing that. I wish I heard more of it. Um, but yeah, I, I and also like having like that kind of extended Iron Maiden-esque Guitar harmonies are going to kick in, but then we're going to go to the next bit. There's also a slightly different guitar harmony, but the backdrop's going to change. That's a classic Machine Head trope from sort of Black in an Era, which I really, really loved. And yeah, I mean, the, the concluding song is wonderful. The concluding song is wonderful. Can, can I it's, just... it's fantastic. Go on, sorry. Can I just ask, uh, on, on Unhallowed, which I, mm. I love as well, there's just so much beauty in that song. I, I actually put in my notes that it's like, it's everything I want from modern Machine Head. And yes. I, I want to ask you this. Is there any other era of Machine Head where this song exists? I don't feel that this song exists could exist anywhere else in Machine Head. Um it's really definitely not happening pre it's definitely not happening pre-2003. It's definitely not happening before no, uh, through the Ashes of Empires. No. Definitely no, happening no, no, then. No. But I I don't I but I don't think it would happen any point after 2003 until now either. Because... Oh, that's interesting. I think it could go on through the Ashes of Empires because it kind of it's kind of got some Imperium esque 
descend the shades of night kind of texture but it would sound it would sound odd i i agree that it's a lot of this is quintessentially modern machiners i think that's a very first i think that's a very first statement I know that we both like associate Machine Head with Rob Flynn, but I, there's just a sense that if Rob writes this in in 2011, either Phil Demel or someone else can tap on the shoulder and say, "Rob, release that on SoundCloud as a solo effort, man. You're not putting. We can't do this for Machine." Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I just feel like someone steps in his way, and I know it's Rob. Flynn, Rob Flynn would be like, "If he wants to do it, now I'm going to put it on." But uh, something just tells me that. It maybe it wouldn't be as welcome at any other era of Machine Head. I feel like this is like the only time where Unhallowed it would be accepted. And um, I, I, I just feel like it's no coincidence that it's turned up now in this era of Machine Head where there's a completely different lineup. I just I think that's less than the coincidence. Uh, but I, I do love that song. I think it's beautiful. Everything I'd want from modern Machine Head, everything. I, I, would, I would agree. I also have noticed um, a return to Thrash. At various parts of this album, yes, the the, yes. the new lineup appears to without it's the, it's the most cliche thing in the world. We talk about it in sports all the time, but maybe new additions have injected some energy and some enthusiasm, yeah, yeah, and that kind of freshness, like bringing on substitution late in a football match. Maybe that's what actually took place, though, because none of this feels like because that was a problem with catharsis a little bit when you heard it. A lot of it was really mid tempo. A lot yeah. of it was really sort of four to the floor. I know what tempo this is going to be. I know what this is going to sound like. I know the blueprint. Three songs in, you could pathway the rest of the record. You never want to be that. There was a lot of tempo shifts here. There was a lot of en- energy, a lot of angst. And Machine Head really, had really, up to this point, for the most part, abandoned really fast-paced songs for maybe an album or two. And when they use it, not all the time, because we've talked about this ad nauseum as well, about thrash metal as, as an album-long project is tough. Um, but having it as like an almost like a nitrous injection when you like to a car when you can just race away for 16 bars and then cut into something else, it's it's a really nice trope to do. And I think it's really shown off um some of the musicianship of some of the other some of the other members of the band. The drummer does a great job here. Um so the guitarist sharing some of these harmonies are terrific. I mean, like if you're in machine you have to be a certain level of musician, obviously. But having those opportunities to show that is really, really good. I'm very optimistic about how this is going to sound live and i'm very optimistic about how some of these songs are going to fit in and i'm pleased that when we see them in september it's not going to be a legacy show where they play 15 Mm. tunes and i've heard 11 of them already um and that that that's i think that's really really cool um because bands bands need to do this sort of stuff bands need to stay alive i think this is like we said at the top is this the best case scenario? Because I think it God, is. Be well, I think it's all it, it's Machine Head's probably fourth best album. Blackening. So blackening. Blackening until Locust Burn My Eyes. Uh, Ashes and Empires. Ashes in the air. Maybe this is fifth. Ashes and Empires goes hard, to be fair. Yeah, maybe yeah, this yeah, is yeah, fifth. Imperium um, and Descend the Shades of Night. Yeah, yeah. Ashes and Empires goes hard, man. Um, just it's a top five Devil's Machine Advocate. album. They have like 13. That's, that's good. That's really it is good. good. Um, Devil's Advocate. Phil Demmel left in 2018. He decided he didn't like his job anymore. What a quotation that is. Didn't like his job anymore. And that he didn't like the direction that Rob Flynn was taking the band. That's post-Catharsis, that is. He left in 2018 and Catharsis, just after Catharsis came out. Is he, he listens to of Kingdom and Crown. Is he regretting decisions, possibly? 
I'm sure there's a part of him that thinks if we, if I knew that this was the direction that he was going to take it in four years down the road, I might have I might have stuck around. Um, but I don't know. I I got the impression that it wasn't the musical direction necessarily. It kind of felt to me like Rob Flynn. He's tough to be around, perhaps. Um, and if you're in a band where you see a lot of creative control, and then on top of that, it's not necessarily the direction you're enjoying. I think that's all coming together. Um, maybe maybe people like that, uh, people like Phil, want a bit of autonomy, and that's that's absolutely fair. I do think you listen to this album and think, oh no, this is really good. That's a shame. Um, I do think there's an element of that, but if Phil Demo would have stayed in the band, this wouldn't have happened this way. They wouldn't have sounded like this. Quite possibly. Because that, that Quite because, possibly. you know, familiarity breeds sort of content and complacency. And new members naturally, psychologically make you work harder, make you try harder, make you focus more. Rob Flynn's trying to write a great album to impress these new members. These new members are trying to play their best to impress Rob Flynn. It's an entirely different thing where you play next to a guy who's been around for 15 years and it's like, that'll do. This is always done. That's a different mentality, I think. And that's why bands like that with the changing stuff have somehow managed to sort of survive. Megadeth sound good, so continued to sound good and fresh. You know why? Because Dave Mustaine is the oldest member of the band. Everybody else is like fucking yeah. 33. He's like 57. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just yeah. he can just recycle fucking great guitarists. Just dudes just coming out guitar center left and fucking right to play in machine head, machine head and Megadeth bands. Don't worry about that at all. And maybe the same's happening here. I've got no issue with it whatsoever. We mentioned arousing words from the sky in terms of its greatness, but didn't really go into detail. I mentioned that the record is bookended by two all-time great Machine Head songs for me. Uh, arousing words from the sky is totally different to Slaughter the Martyr, but it's got mm. this real sense of beauty to its simplicity. And it's the kind of song that I would be devastated if they didn't play live. And I feel like it takes the new Machine Head lineup and really slaps me across the face with it and proves that if this is a legitimate Machine Head lineup, that I'd like this Machine Head lineup to do multiple Machine Head albums. If that is the case, maybe obviously we never know what the future holds for bands, but if I was to find out tomorrow that I looked into the future and this Machine Head lineup does another two Machine Head albums, I'd be really pleased about that purely from how this album is bookended. Arousing words from the sky, Sam, what you're saying? I think it's brilliant. It's a song of depth, texture, beauty. And it also doesn't rely on like one particular thing, which is what Machine Head are always great at. I love that Machine Head, even when they wrote soft songs, it still had this, they were still able to sort of transition into like this heavy section lighter, this really complex section lighter. And even the really heavy songs seem to have this other element where they they flick into a massive chorus and there's a moment of beauty. They never just settle with one type of song. And Arrows, Arrows from Words of the Sky is exactly that. And you just listen to this and you heard those vocals at the start. Um, just beautiful. That clean opening. It's like a melodic metal section. Um, it's the vocals that really stand out to me astonishingly because I kind of take for granted how talented he is as a guitarist and how talented they all are as musicians. But what comes out across so often here is the brilliance of the of the melody. How much better he has got over the years as a genuine writer of songs and choruses is really, really, really impressive. This is a song of depth, a song of great texture, of terrific musicianship, and can stand up there with a lot of um, a lot of great Machine Head songs that have followed similar veins to this over the last fifteen to twenty years. It is a, it is a terrific, terrific song. Really, really love it. 
I've also got to make a shout out to my hands are empty. I think my hands are empty is an ideal example of why Rob is such a tremendous songwriter. Nothing absurdly over the top or grandiose. It comes in at, at the right moment. It's uh, it, it comes in at a point where Slaughter Martyrs is 10 minute opus. Choke on the Ash of Your Hate is like four and a half minutes of the straight punch. Becoming the Firestorm is a, it's quite interesting to hear a backing vocalist really trying to prop Rob up on the machine head track. I'm sure it's happened at some point throughout their career, but hearing this that chorus on Becoming the Firestorm was a what a unique experience for me as a Machine Head fan. Um, so much so that I can't actually tell you whether I enjoyed it or not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> sure whether I like the chorus on "Become the Firestorm." I can tell you, however, the breakdown that leads into the solo at the end is amazing, and he's one of the highlights on the album. But it's I've gone off track there. I swear, my hands are empty. Um, particularly for this song, um, you've got these kind of. You were mentioning Rob's vocals. He's effervescent. On oh, my hands are empty. It's a single. You guys can hear it right now on Spotify. He's effervescent on it. There's there's a verse section that goes as hard as you could relatively hope for. It's so uniquely written by Rob. My hands are empty. Are it's got his kind of stance, his bravado, his style, sl- like smeared all over it. It's the kind of song that Rob Flynn and maybe like ten other people could write. It's very very unique to him in terms of his vision for a song vision for songwriting in terms of where a song can go in terms of how different a song can be to the rest of what's come before it and predecessed it i really like my hands are empty man i think it's a really really good song i wish they wouldn't yeah, my, have released it as a single my me one of my immediate thoughts i agree I, I one of my immediate thoughts coming out of that is that the, that song will translate brilliantly live i remember thinking i think thinking mm-hmm. that that groove yeah. that breakdown those vocals at the opening, if that is a, if that is a popular song with fans, that intro is going to bang live because that's going to sound fucking Beautiful. terrific when yeah. everyone's getting involved. And this is really, really, really good. I loved a lot about this album from some of the some of this obviously some of the singles like like you said, people can hear them pretty much immediately. Um, there's so much here to actually really, really like. Become the first time I agree with you. It's a bit, it's a bit, bit cheesy on the the call and response section with the vocals. Yeah, I was going to ask, are you in? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I mean the on the song, but not on that part because I like the riff. Reminded me a little bit of with Carcass. There's a breakdown groove that's kind of like creeping death with these sort of like down, 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 the kind of chords. Big on that. Uh, the guitar solo is always sick. I just felt the chorus was a bit flimsy. You know what I mean? A bit paper thin. Yeah. Um, and that can that that can happen for times. But let's look at this record sort of holistically. Look at this this band holistically where they're at and what they've been able to produce. There are four or five. B plus minimum machine head songs on this. There are two A grade songs on this. No, Absolutely. no problem at all. Two A star machine head songs. And then if you say Unhallowed is a third because you really love it, I'm not going to argue with you. Like I won't, I'll hear you out. Not a problem at all. And that is terrific for where this band is after 1994. So 22 plus six, that's 20, nearly 30 years. They've been making consistent music. It's just, it is, it is really, it is really, really astonishing. This is a great album. Uh, and when you, when Machine and the fans listen to it as a whole, the gravity of that will all come together. I, I This is really, really impressive. It'd be great life. I, I think that, you you hit it now on the head. Realistically, this is as much as we could have hoped for. Two A-star Machine Head songs are on this album, and there's three or four A-minus uh, and B-plus songs. Mm-hmm. And I think realistically, that's as much as we could hope for. I, I, I love that they've achieved this at a time when not, I really thought the next Machine Head album is going to be a mess. When you consider the fluctuating lineup, the verbiage around Rob Flynn and Machine Head that is found uh, 
on social media. They do seem to be quite a divisive band these days. I, I feel like this is really this is good to be good to hope for. Really happy for the band. I'm really excited to see this live. If someone, if you're a Machine Head fan listening to this, the best you could hope for is that the people listening to this want to see it live. I'm telling you now, the songs that they're going to play from this song, from this album live, are going to be incredible. They're going to open with Slaughter the Martyr. It's one of the all-time great Machine Head songs. It's going to be one of the all-time great Machine Head moments, seeing that in Wembley Arena. That's going to be a very, very, very special time. Uh, overjoyed for the band that they've been able to create a, an 8 out of 10 for me record, which in 2022, with the situation surrounding the world, the album I've just discussed and discussed at the start of the show, that is really what we could have hoped for. Machine Head is still a great band. Who knew? Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe you can start cu- stop cutting the legs off bands after like 10 years, like you're taking them out to pasture like the racehorses. <laughs> they've, 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 that 2021... With like Cannibal Corpse, Carcass, yeah. that that gates. run at Gates as well. Um, I remember right. Okay, I think I'm wrong about this idea that bands just generally stop being good after the turn forty. And okay, fine, I was wrong. This is further proof that bands don't just stop being good after turn forty. But a lot of bands do, Sam. And you must at least give me that much. Yeah, yeah, but those, but most of those bands are shit at thirty. Giving them an extra decade ain't gonna change nothing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Brilliant. Um, also, that, I, I feel that's the perfect place to leave, to leave this uh, review off. Um, new Machine album of Kingdom and Crown out on the on August twenty sixth. Uh, you must listen to it if you're a metal fan. Uh, it is absolutely suited. It's a. It's really, really a must for any metal fan, and specific. Obviously, goes without saying if you're a Machine Head fan. Um, Slaughter the Martyr is going to go over huge live. My hands are empty. It's going to be great. Unhallowed is going to be great. Arousing words from the sky are going to be great. Uh, I don't feel there's any Machine Head song I haven't already seen that I'd be furious if they took though if they replaced with those. Of uh, Kingdom and Crown's a great album. Machine Head are a great band. We should be looking forward to listening to it. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Um, Sam, uh, Megadeth. What's the situation on the Megadeth album? Uh, are we scheduled to review that. Or you have every intention. Uh, I believe, I believe so. We had we had some media sort of connection with them over the last couple of months regarding some few bits and bobs, and that would lead me to believe that when the album is ready to be sent out to various people, we should be one of those people that get it. If that's the case, we'll be talking about it. If not, we'll we'll have to talk about it another time. Awesome. Uh, so in that case, hopefully we'll be back in about two weeks as Megadeth released their uh, next album. If not, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm glad to be back. I hope you've enjoyed having me. I've certainly enjoyed having you. This has been awesome. Uh, thank you very much. Remember to lo- listen to us, um, sorry, like or subscribe on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye.